Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin. I'm Ben Bolin. And, Scott, before we get started, I want to do just a little bit of a... a little bit of detail business here. It's not related exactly to what we're covering today. Okay. But we wanted to go ahead and welcome our new producer, Noel, to the show. Ah, yes. Welcome, Noel. Thanks for coming on, Noel. We'll see, we'll see if he, uh, if he likes it. Now, we're still cool with Casey. We still hang out. Uh, Casey will also be recording. Uh, but we just want to give a big thank you to Noel for sticking with us here. Uh, hopefully you'll hear more from him soon in the future but right now what you're going to hear more about is junkyards right yeah, scott that's right and this isn't our first foray into this this uh region of car <laughs> stuff um you know we've we've talked about junkyards in the past but we've talked more about like finding that diamond in the rough yeah 10 surprising junkyard finds uh it's an article on our website you can check out and it's an article that inspired a podcast we did now, now there's an, there's another article mm-hmm. on our site that's actually kind of inspired this one in uh, in a roundabout way, I guess. Yes. And uh, the article on our site is called "Are Junkyard Parts Worth Your Time," which and, sounds kind of uh, uh so open ended. It's a, it's a, it sounds kind of like a Larry David curb your curb your enthusiasm question. Yeah, Are junkyard bit. parts even worth your time? <laughs> it's yeah, your time, Scott. I, but you know what? I think I can I can answer this with one word. Go for it. Yes. Thank you. I am so glad you didn't pick the other and word. And so you agree? I completely agree. Okay. It's it's strange because there's sort of a psychological barrier to people when it's time to try something new. So it's it seems like it can be a daunting or intimidating task for a lot of people who've never traveled to a junkyard mm-hmm. or, as they're called, everywhere outside of the United States, a wrecking yard or a wreck yard or okay. something. I feel we need to stop at this point. What's that? And I have to ask you. Yes. Um, have you been to a junkyard in in the past? And if yes. so, I guess what would be the earliest that you remember going to a junkyard and like, you know, kind of what was that like? The the earliest, huh? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just the, ballpark. It. The earliest 
junkyard memory I have would be in Nashville, Tennessee, where I was where I was born and I spent the first uh, eight years of my life or so mm-hmm. when my dad was going through a junkyard and and of course being a kid i thought it was enormous man Mm -hmm. you know just this open field sure with a bunch of cars now this was not to date myself too hard this was sometime in the 80s 1980s so oh ben nothing weird about that you're like a puppy i'm like a puppy i was like a junkyard puppy in there and i thought it was cool i wanted to live there because I figured there was shelter, I could have adventures. We did have to leave, but we spent we spent a few hours there. I remember that I was able to sit inside the cars. One of them had a working horn, and that quickly got me in trouble. Well, sure, that's pretty exciting. <laughs> well, I was I was like I was in traffic, you know. Oh, yeah. uh, my my dad, in retrospect, was looking around for a couple of parts mm-hmm. because. He is one of those people, one of many people, who realize that junkyard finds can be a great deal. Exactly. And what about you? Well, well, let me ask you, what's your earliest memory? Well, I, I don't know if I have it. I, I think maybe the earliest one is when I went to one on my own. Um, Northern Michigan, you know, with some friends on a ski weekend or whatever it was. And, you know, there wasn't any snow on the ground outside of the resort. And we went to this junkyard that, you know, had a lot of, I think it was like old Mustangs and things. So I was in high school. Okay. You know, late, late high school, probably not senior year, probably before that. Um, but just kind of nosing around a junkyard that, you know, was off to the side of the road in northern Michigan somewhere and mm-hmm. had a lot of old, a lot of, at the time, you know, this is like maybe the late 80s. Um, so a lot of the vehicles were, you know, you know, 20 years prior. Mm-hmm. Some of them were like the late 60s wow. or even before that. And, you know, this one had been around for a long time. Uh, a lot of rust up there, of course. Sure. Uh, one of the, one of the kind of cool things is that here we are. You know, I don't know, it was 300 miles away or whatever it was from where we went to school in high school. We found a, a Volkswagen microbus that had a school sticker from our high school in the back window, you know, a parking sticker. That's pretty cool. Which is kind of neat. Yeah. I mean, it just who knows how it ever ended up there, and I don't remember what year it's from. Mm-hmm. But uh, obviously, you know, it must have been 10, 12 years before, mm-hmm. you know, before we were there. But, uh, you know, just little things like that. And I remember we, we found some, uh, you know, like Mustang emblems and things like that that we, uh, we pilfered from the, uh, from the lot. You know, we, we paid for, you know, paid for them up mm-hmm. front. Um, but still, you know, you were able to, to go out there with your own set of tools and take the pieces that you wanted. And that was really kind of, it was just kind of cool to, to wander around and see what you could see. Um, there were some dangers, you know, obviously there were a few things we want to talk about later. Sure. But, um, it, that's probably the earliest memory of actually going through a, through a, a junkyard. I've always wanted to go through them before that, mm-hmm. you know, with my parents, but my dad wasn't much for going to junkyards and getting parts. Yeah, I think, I, I, you know, I don't know if this is something that uh, my folks still do on a regular basis. I think it was more of a, I don't want to call it a fad in their lives, but I think it was a time when it worked out for their purposes. Mm-hmm. So that's part of why we believe that junkyard parts are worth your time, asterisk. Because it really depends, especially now in the modern age, it really depends on what you're looking for, when you need it, Mm -hmm. and how much time you're willing to put into finding it. Yeah. Now, if you have something that you only want to spend, you know, an hour or two finding, Mm -hmm. right, Uh, or you need it immediately... 
um, or what it, whatever else, like you just don't want to go into a junkyard and do it yourself. See, this is this is taking the do it yourself to a next to the next level, I guess. Going out and then retrieving the part from an old vehicle yourself, rather than just going down to the parts counter at your local mm-hmm. hardware store, or your uh, parts store rather, and asking for the part and having it delivered to you in a box. Yeah, um, it's just it's it's uh, there's something to this. I mean, there's there's it takes a certain type of individual to do this, and I I, I feel like. If I were to get back into to going to junkyards, I would quickly realize that I should have been doing this all along in the past. You know, I, I, there was a period of time when I did this, you know, regularly. I go to like mm-hmm. the local. Um, I had a GM product, and there was a local uh, like a pull apart salvage. Yeah, exactly. But it was strictly GM parts, so I knew I could go there and get whatever I needed, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, in it was north of Detroit. And um, it was just a, a great source for me, and it was easy to go to, and it was cheaper than buying a brand-new part. And, you know, I mean, you could get anything from a tra- – I did get a transmission there at one point. Um, I got, you know, handle, you know, window handle cranks and, you know, all kinds of stuff that I needed uh, for – was for my Trans Am when I had that. Well, let's let's do this. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I'm interrupting. No, you. not at all. Go ahead. Let's do this. This is going to be a quick and dirty car stuff guide to junkyards. We're going to tell you a little bit about the different types of junkyards, and then we're going to tell you the steps you should take to infiltrate Fair a enough. junkyard. Fair enough. And I guess we'll we'll hop around a little bit. We'll jump we, around. We, we always, always do. Yeah, that's all we ever do, right? <laughs> we, we always think like, oh, I forgot to mention this as we were mentioning that. But yeah. um, okay, first of all, I guess we should just say that you know a junkyard is not somewhere that you would go to buy a complete vehicle, really. Oh, not, no way. You're not going to go to the junkyard and say, you know, like, I'd like uh, I'd like a uh, late model Camaro. What have you got to show me? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's And only in purple or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. You know, this is uh, a junkyard is typically for parts. Now, there's other places you can go to get old vehicles that, you know, will they will sell you the entire vehicle if you want. Yeah. Um, and I think a junkyard would do the same thing if you really wanted to. But right, but it's not, I mean, it's ridiculous to think that there would be a drivable vehicle on the lot just sitting in a junkyard. No, these are the picked over ones. You know, have you ever been driving down the road, and we, we mentioned this before the podcast, when we were talking about this, a lot of times posted on street poles or on, on um, um, telephone poles, you'll see signs that say, we buy junk cars. Yes. Running... Any condition, mm-hmm. you know, no, no, you know, doesn't no, have to be right. No running. condition required. Exactly. We buy junk cars, any make, model, that type of thing, right? And that's the people that are trying to stock their junkyard, their salvage mm-hmm. yard, their junkyard, whatever you want to call it, um, because it's constantly this. Their supply is constantly being depleted. You know, right. Pe- people There's are a there, cyclical nature here. Yeah, they're going there every day, and they're they're retrieving parts from vehicles, taking them out of the lot. So what happens is, you know, they're left with these stripped shells of vehicles. You know, the 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 kind of the remnants that no one really wants, which gonna, ultimately get recycled, right? Yeah, they get recycled and crushed and sell, you mm. know, sold off to foundries or wherever for for scrap metal. But they constantly need to get new product in there, not only a variety, but just um, something for people to come and buy or look at or whatever they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those junk vehicle signs often are somebody not not trying to buy the car and fix it up and sell it, which may happen occasionally, you know, if it's in sure. good enough condition. But um, most of the times, it's just going to be towed out into some lot somewhere and left to uh, you know left to be picked over. Yes, and there are two. There are two broad categories into which we can throw most junkyards or wrecking yards. As you said, again, junkyards is the uh, U.S. English term for it, but you guys know what we're talking about. Uh, these two styles, I'm dividing them this way, uh, the sort of self-serve 
and the full serve, just okay. like a gas station. Yeah, that's a good point because uh, they used to only be self serve, right? Right. It, yeah, for quite a while, what would happen is that you would come to the front gates and there would be somebody who works there and then you might be able to ask them what what they've got going on mm-hmm. you know they might be able to remember but it the records were not as um were not as consistent as they are today yeah they're not as carefully kept they're not yeah. as carefully monitored or inventoried like they are now right and so then you know depending on how that conversation worked you would walk in you would stroll around the area you know maybe you had maybe you were looking for a 70s um car right mm-hmm. and so you would say okay i don't know if we have specifically this vehicle but we do have all of our cars from the 70s mm-hmm. are over on you know block a or whatever ah uh, that's a good point because some places will have um domestic and import areas of their of their lot they'll yeah. have um like a uh is that, like you said, a pre-1970s mm-hmm. spot. You know, they may have a uh, more modern area. Like these are these are all from the 2000s in this area. Mm-hmm. Oh, these are all vans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it just it just depends on how they decide to break it up. And and junkyards have gotten so much better at organizing than they were in the past. Now, the one that I was mentioning that I go to with for all the GM, stuff, right? Yeah, they had them laid out in roadways. So you would go to, and they were labeled with General Motors products. So like you would go down Fierro Boulevard to uh, to Buick Lane uh-huh. and take a right, and that would be where we keep our um, our our Camaros. Right on the corner and, of Fierro and Buick. And, you know, they would be <laughs> stacked up three high or whatever. You know, it was yes. a, it was a, it was a different type of, of situation but now they've got maps they've got um mm-hmm. you know computer computerized inventories of what they've got liability agreements it, too oh that's the thing okay <laughs> see that's where you know you mentioned self-serve versus uh kind full of the, service. The full serve yeah real quick explanation of full service sorry just before we keep no going. that's that's exactly what i wanted to get to. okay yeah uh a full service thing is uh, a lot more like the old-timey grocery stores you would see in movies where you don't pick up your own groceries. You meet the grocer or someone at the counter, and then they look at your list, and they tell you what they have, and then they get it for you. Uh, that's how a full-service junkyard will work. The people at the junkyard, the staff, are going to figure out, A, if they have what you need, and then, B, they're going to go and pull it for you. So they're going to do all of the the grunt work, taking it out of the vehicle, maybe moving a vehicle off of another to get to the part that they know they have, yeah. and they're going to bring it to you at the front desk, and it's going to cost extra. It's going to cost a little bit more. What it does is it saves the junkyard a lot of insurance money, I'm sure, with yeah. uh, with potential injuries and you know, mm-hmm. liabilities that they have of people who decide they're gonna they're gonna climb up to that third you know the third Camaro on top and try to take out that door handle themselves because um, that happened in the past. Now sometimes you'd have to ask somebody to come out with a forklift and move that vehicle down to you, you know, sure. whatever. However they would get to it. But I can I can remember you know seeing piles of cars and, and literally climbing on top of them and just to peek inside what was on you know in that junkyard up north that I was talking about. They weren't all on the, the you know on the ground level. Right. They're stacked up, and it is dangerous. And you know, I mean, there's there's a there's something to this here. I mean, you know, people don't have tetanus shots or whatever. You know, and they may get tetanus, and you know, there's right. there's because a lot of rusty metal around. Um, well, there's a whole list of dangers we can get to in a minute if you want to. But um, <laughs> why, don't, why don't we go ahead and do the dangers? Now, do you? you it's yeah. stuff. It's stuff that you don't think about, really. I okay, mean, let's see if we can think about something. Okay. Right. Uh, so one 
we already mentioned tetanus. Sure. Another one, we mentioned the possibility of falling cars or unstable stacks. Sure. Uh, then, let's see, there's another... Oh, let's see. If there's not supervision, there's always the possibility of crime. Why not? If we're doing blue oh, sky. Oh, why not? Sure. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There's um, people have probably got cash in their pocket when they're there if they're if they're looking for parts and yeah. ready to buy parts. Right. Um, let's see. Where are some more dangers? Okay. Oh, chemical exposure. Chemical exposure because there's uh, there's you know vehicles are leaking fluids all over the place because mm-hmm. you know they they I'm sure they do their best to drain them but it's not always the case. Um, there's also the the fact that most of these places are like in muddy fields, really. Um, you know, the cars kind of slowly sink into the field. Yeah. And, uh, and people twist their ankles, slip, fall, whatever. You know, that happens as well. Mm-hmm. Um, people injure themselves. Like, you know, that in garage, you know, like if you're just working in a garage, you, you could, there's a potential to injure yourself any time you're working on a car. Somebody could get cuts. Yeah, cuts and scrapes and bruises. Somebody could get sloppy and give themselves a shock from yeah. a battery. Yeah, minor stuff. I mean, you'd say you're removing a windshield on a vehicle uh-huh. um, because, you know, that that's a that possibility. Happens, yeah. yeah, that happens. You know, oh, okay, I'm going to get to the danger of the promise, but I see a junkyard, like a self-serve junkyard, as good practice. Like, it's a good place to learn how to do things. Like, if you want to take yes. out a windshield, like, you learn how to do that. You learn how to mm-hmm. disassemble the front end of a vehicle. And it's kind of like the reverse of what you're going to do at home anyway, so you need to know what to do to get this thing out. But that's off the point. Okay. So let's get back to some of these dangers. And, and I'm going to list some dangers here that you wouldn't even think of. Now, we've talked about all those other physical dangers, right? Right. More physical dangers come from animals. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at the Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how Viewers get more done. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. <laughs> I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. 
Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you can do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Animals, yeah, nice. You okay. wouldn't, you wouldn't expect this. I but didn't, I didn't think about. Okay, that. do you, do you remember when I, I, of course, I was just telling you about the uh, the junkyard story of up north, right? Yes. The one of the the vans that I was telling you about, there were a lot of those Volkswagen microbuses there. Mm-hmm. One van in specific was a chicken coop, and uh, oh, you did mention this. You didn't, you didn't know until you were right upon <laughs> it that you know it was a chicken coop, and it had spray painted on the side chickens. And it was a just it just became a metal chicken coop. It wasn't anything inhumane or anything like that. It was. Just, were there chickens in there? There were chickens. There were live chickens, and there were chickens in the yard here and there. You okay. know, you, you find them around. But this Junk is where they, chickens. This is where the chickens would come home to roost. Ben, they uh, <laughs> you know they would go. They had something set up inside where it was all gutted out, and that was yeah. that was their chicken coop. Well, I mean, okay, they're not dangerous by any means, but uh, you know, there's chickens out there, anyways. I guess if you're allergic to chicken, sure. I mean, you're region. If you're going <laughs> to eat them, right? Right. Okay. Uh, um, salmonella or whatever. All right. But what about junkyard dogs? Because uh, a lot of places they True. they truly do have junkyard dogs, yeah. which are guard dogs, of yeah. course. Um, cats. You'll occasionally find feral cats out there. You know, like barn cats that sure. are that are wandering the property and don't like to be surprised if you come around a corner. You know, and reach there around might, a corner. there may be larger animals in rural areas, I, I, and they're out there. Probably, you know, the cats are preoccupied. They're probably mousing. You know, yeah. they're out there hunting. Yeah. They're trying to find their next meal. Um, these don't sound too dangerous, right? Right. I mean, dogs maybe, but but I think you're going somewhere. Same. Think about this. What about snakes? There's mm. a high potential for snakes to be in some of these areas, like in the trunk of a vehicle, sure. down in uh, inside the door of a vehicle, maybe. Yeah. They love to get into small, dark areas that you know are, are confined. Um, and of course, that's right where you're reaching to to release some of these, mm-hmm. you know, these fittings or whatever. Uh, so snakes are a big concern. Um, spiders, for the exact same reason, uh, you may reach, you know, around a corner you can't see, and you know, there's a brown recluse spider or something mm-hmm. like that, or you know, black widow or whatever it happens to be. Um, spiders are a big concern. Uh, there's also, uh, this is a really big concern actually: bees, wasps, hornets, oh, yeah. things like that, nesting oh, vehicles. Yeah. You know that it, it, they're all over the place. And I know you wouldn't think of those as being a real junkyard danger. It's a good point, but they really are. And that goes back to like what you should wear when you're there, because you should probably have good. Nice head, segue. Yeah, heavy duty gloves, right? Heavy duty gloves, uh, long pants, reliable shoes. I would say go with some steel toes if you got them. And uh, also, you want to have long sleeves, preferably. Uh, the There's a good point there about the gloves. You really should have some gloves. And not to be too much of a, um, I don't know, too much of a Dudley do-right, but safety glasses really are a good idea in these yeah. situations. Yeah, fair enough. If you have them. You know, most people wear them in the shop anyways. I mean, yeah. if you're going to be at home doing this type of work, you know, you I hope you're wearing safety glasses. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would think that it would just go without saying that you would do the same thing out in the field. Right. And you should be, you should be fine with getting dirty. 
because that's part of the adventure. Yeah. Don't 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 bring new gloves. You can't be too prissy out there. Is what right, you're saying, exactly. Right? And you're then, not going to get the part. No, yet. exactly. And make sure that you know your pants are the type, you know, jeans or something that are not going to mm. tear easily. And you know, it just it seems like real common sense things, but make sure you bring old shoes or boots because it's usually all muddy and, and kind of gross out there, and you're going to get all rust covered, and you know, mm-hmm. there's fluids and other things out there. Um, also, remember to bring some basic tools with you. I yes. think a lot of people don't remember that, and that's where they fall in a situation where, well, we can send a guy out there with you, but it's yeah. going to cost more for the part. Can I uh, can I walk us back just a little bit? Sure. Okay. Here's the here is a step by step guide to finding a junkyard part. Right. Okay. So, number one, you decide that you're looking for a part. This means that you are going to contact via email or phone the neighboring junkyards, the junkyards in your area, there probably is one. Just statistically, there is probably a junkyard where you live because millions of cars are totaled each year. Yeah, you may not see them every day, but they're there. Yeah, they're, they're there. You, they're just have to, you just have to check it out on the phone book or search for it on the Internet. When you call, this is what you will ask. You will ask for the part or the type of car. Uh, they may tell you that they don't have it. They may specialize, which is something we needed to talk about, right? Uh, not all junkyards are created equal or focus on the same vehicles. So there might be just uh, a well-known import lot. Yeah, which is really cool because, you know, if I'm if I'm working on a car, let's say that I've, I had that old MG. Right. And I know that there were some people that would say, like, oh, you definitely have to go to this lot on this side of town because they specialize in English cars. Mm-hmm. And they've got a, a huge lot, you know, maybe 10 acres of property with nothing but English cars, English sports cars on it maybe. Mm-hmm. And there's the same thing, you know, on the other side of town for German cars. Right. And, uh, you know, then there may just be one that's a general, like an import lot. And there's sure. some that are just domestic. And there's some that are just pre-1970. And some mm-hmm. that are, you know, 1986 and to present. And, um, you know, there's there's all these different categories of junkyards. So you really do need to do some... Some research, some calling around. You could even just, I mean, just word of mouth. Just ask somebody at the at the parts store at your, uh, you know, local. Right. That's a great point. The local auto parts store and say, you know, like, where can where can I go to get a used part for this? Because otherwise, you'll run the risk of going to a place that completely doesn't have what you're looking for. You might still have fun walking around and tinkering with stuff, but you're not going to make progress on the part. So after you make that call, let's just assume for the sake of argument that you get a lucky strike the first time. And they say, yes, we run a pre-1980s lot. We do have the perfect part for your project car. Then the next thing you do, which we mentioned earlier, is you make sure that you've got the right equipment. And part of that's going to be clothing, Part of that is going to be your tool bag. Let's also, sidebar, let's also assume that this is a self-serve, uh, Fair do-it-yourself sure. uh, junkyard. So, Scott, we started to talk about, and before I cut you off, and I do apologize, we started to talk about the stuff that should be in your tool bag, mm-hmm. and now you have to have one. Um, why don't we just trade off? We'll each, we'll each say one, next person says one. <laughs> Maybe. See why how not? far we get? How about a pry bar? I think a pry bar is a great idea. How about a hammer? All right, screwdriver set. Yeah, all the screwdrivers. Uh, combination wrenches. Socket set. How about that? Okay, nice, nice. I will see you socket set and raise you a good set of pliers. Pliers is good. How about uh, wire cutters? Wire, wire snips cutters. Is okay. Yeah, yeah. Ten snips, even better. Um, okay, let's get weird with it. Why not uh, hacksaw? Because you never know. You know what? Hacksaw is an excellent choice uh, for you know 
cuts metal, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I think we could do this all day. <laughs> I, mean, I, I really do. Could, I mean, I think eventually I, it would be the largest I mean, backpack in the world. I, I just think that you know, you get in your in your head what you know what a basic set of tools what you normally need for a real simple job at home would be, or if you're going for a specific part and you know that the size of that you know gear right. make model. Let's say you've got a 1990 Honda Accord at home, and you mm-hmm. you know the exact sizes of the wrenches and all the special tools that you'll need to get this thing off of the car. Um, in a normal situation in your garage, you're going to need the exact same thing when you get to the lot. So that's a great point. So take all of that with you. And one good thing, though, yeah, um, you know, you'll find that if you're there at the uh, at the junkyard, you're going to find that a lot of these people that are there with you are, are friendly and they're more than willing to loan you a tool. You know, sure. While you're stand while they're standing right there to uh, to remove whatever part it is. So if you do forget something. You know, don't despair. You know, you'll be able to, uh, you know, maybe ask around and just don't don't worry about something like that. You know, don't feel, you know, that that it's an awkward thing to do because I think there's a lot of uh, um, trading off of that. You know, like, a- absolutely. Do feel do feel welcome to be prepared though. Yeah, just so. part of the community. I mean, it's yeah. uh, you know, it's somebody really... might ask you if they could borrow your tool. Exactly, and and you know. I think you should definitely do it. I mean, it's just part of uh, being a good neighbor there at the junkyard, which is, I know it sounds funny, but um, really, like, it's it's makes the experience that much better if you're friendly and polite to everybody around you. Speaking of good neighbors, excellent segue. The next thing you will need, uh, a sidekick, a wingman, a buddy. That's not bad. That's I. That's not technically necessary, but I think... The buddy system is always a great thing to institute in a junkyard because you never know when you're going to need an extra set of hands to get a specific part. Like if you're, if you know exactly what you're going for, you're going for hubcaps or something, then sure, you can get those hubcaps off by yourself. But what if you need something that's heavier? What if you need something that requires digging into the engine yeah. block? See, always got to be ready for a surprise too. Like, what if uh, what if there's an engine block in the way of that wheel that you need to get to to access, and you need somebody to help you roll that thing out of the way, right. um, or something like that? I mean, that's a bad example, but but that's a pretty good one. Uh, yeah, let's say there's a refrigerator uh, <laughs> that's that's laying across the hood, and you need somebody to grab the other end of the refrigerator, just so you can push it off, yeah, or whatever <laughs> it happens to be. I mean, that's unlikely, but you know what I mean. You mm-hmm. need uh, there's always times when you need a second set of hands. You're right, so uh, you know why not have somebody with you that you know you can you can trust and and. And give you a hand, help you out. So let's assume then that all of these things have gone perfectly well. Uh, <laughs> why not? Just for the sake of oh, that. why not? Yeah. First call, you got the right junkyard. First trip, you found the right part. You got somebody to go with you. You have the right tools. You're walking out. They, oh, and one yeah. note: they may require the person to be over eighteen. Uh, that sometimes happens that they uh, at least one person will have to be a, a, yes, a legal adult. True. Yeah, they're not going to let in and anybody like a group of thirteen-year-olds. You may need to bring your ID just to prove that you know one one of you is over mm-hmm. eighteen, just to be the uh, the supervising legal adult in the situation. And some places may ask to hold your ID while you're in the yard. Oh, okay, fair enough. So just just sort of a um, yes precaution thing. I don't know. Yeah, makes sense. Security measure. Well, they don't want you walking out with a bunch of parts. Right. I, I could I could see that. I mean, you'd have to be pretty slick, though, wouldn't you? I would think so. Uh, anyhow, yeah, so if they ask for your ID or something like that, they're not – it's nothing out of the ordinary. Now, once you've, once you've gotten your part, right, and you're on the way out, and you, you know, you're just a, a slight cash transaction away from – because these are often cash places. Yeah, typically. Now we're seeing, we're seeing more card stuff, but yes, do bring cash. Yeah, and 
don't be upset if they ask you for a couple of bucks just to walk into the lot as well. Because sometimes they that sometimes is they charge you a very very small um, nominal fee. Call it admission fee. And yeah. It's usually I mean I, literally it's like a dollar or two dollars just to mm-hmm. get on the lot. And don't don't be upset by that at all. It's just something that they do. Yeah, and that's kind of your way of subsidizing the window shoppers (laughs) (laughs) because and it's true it's true i don't think there's anything wrong with it so here's a step that we're just going to throw in uh if you have any time at all after you found what you're actually looking for take some time to look around just wander a bit especially if you're in one of the big places that uses map because junkyards come in a variety of sizes. Oh yeah, and there's there's going to be some really really cool things there if you know where to look or if you mm-hmm. if you care to look. Yeah. Um, you know whether it's something that's uh, you know rare to you, I guess maybe not rare because it wouldn't be at the junkyard likely. Right. Um, it would be one of the junkyard finds that we we had mentioned in our previous podcast. Mm-hmm. But um, honestly, like if if they have a back section of the of the uh, the junkyard that has you know antique trucks yeah, or something like the archives. Yeah. Why not go back there and take a look and take a camera. Yeah, you may find something interesting. Some yards will keep uh, some of their older vehicles around just because they're cool to look at. And that brings us to something that you pointed out. This is something that is very unique to our part of the world here, Ben. Now, you know that we're in in Georgia. We are in Georgia. We're in Atlanta, not the country. Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, there is something here, and I I welcome anybody to go online and search this because it's so cool to look at. It's called Old Car City, USA. And uh, this is—it's really unique. It's a—it's in—it's in a town called White, Georgia. It's in northwestern Georgia. Um, it's just off of I-75. And I know a lot of people come through Georgia on their way down to Florida or you know right. the southern areas. Um, it's only like two miles off the highway, off of I-75, um, about sixty miles north of Atlanta. And this place, Ben—it's been around since 1931. So you can imagine what they've got there to begin with, you know, stuff right. that, that predates that even. Um, it's on 34 acres, which means it's enormous. It's a huge complex. Um, they have, get this, 4,500 cars that are from 1972 or older. 1972 is the newest car that they've wow. got on the lot. Yeah. So you can imagine what you're going to find there. There's some amazing finds. Um, for trails, you know, that we mentioned, mm-hmm. you know how they have the uh, the place mapped out? Six and a half miles of trails in this 34 acres. Cool. So you can just walk around there all day. And this is a what they call a photographer's paradise because <laughs> uh, because photography uh, from there invariably every shot seems to look like a poster. You know, like what oh, I mean, cool. or the uh, yeah. you know the calendar shots of a you know, abandoned classics mm-hmm. or something like mm-hmm. that. Beautiful photography um, opportunities there, and a lot of people take advantage of it. Now, it's kind of a it's a big tourist attraction, really. Right. Um, it's about it, they charge you fifteen dollars for admission. Sounds like a lot, right? That but is the highest admission I've heard for a junkie. I, I personally, though, I'm going to make it a goal to get there this spring or summer because okay. uh, because I really want to go see this. I haven't seen it. We're so close. We're only like sixty miles away from there. Yeah, like um, an hour. They claim to be the world's largest known old car junkyard in, in well in the whole world. So um not only that, you know, they've got all these cars that are there and they're they're beautiful and on display or whatever. You know, they're all kind of decaying and, and rusting, mm-hmm. but to me they still look beautiful. All of the cars are for sale, Ben. Every single one of them you can any one of them you can buy, you need to just make an offer to the owner. The owner's name is Dean. Um you can't buy parts. He won't allow parts to go out. So but it'll sell the whole car. But it'll sell the entire vehicle to you. And he does trade as well. 
So if you want to trade something, and it doesn't have to be a car, because um, I was reading on the website, it says, you know, just make any kind of offer you want. In fact, the guy's dad, the guy that owns it now, his name is Dean. Uh-huh. Uh, Dean's dad once traded a car for an alligator. So, you know, that type of thing flies there. Yeah. So if you if you have something unusual or, or unique that you want to trade with Dean for, you know, that uh, 1965 Mustang that you saw back, you know, rusting away... Um, you know, make an offer, but it's. I, I think this is something worth worthwhile to look at. I guess the guy, the owner, does. <laughs> this is so strange. He does a, a form of folk art. Um, he does sculptures too, but he also does this form of folk art that's that he calls cup art. This is so weird. Cup art. Cup art. And I if have you go, not heard of this. This is so strange. What it's, is it? It's it's styrofoam cups that he just he paints or he draws on or whatever carves them, and I know it doesn't sound like much, but he's got over a thousand of these cups that he has carved or painted or or, or drawn on or whatever. Do they look cool? He, yeah, yeah, they're all you different. Like Every single one of them is different. I mean, it's it's unique. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just a styrofoam cup, but uh, each one is like a little work of art, and he's got these just shelf after shelf lining walls in this place. In Old Car City? In Old Car City. In cool. the in, inside storage, of course. Um, but yeah, they've got signs, they've got sculptures, everything. It's, it's a neat place to go. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna make an effort to get out there this spring and I'll tell you what it went. You know, it I like. wish I hadn't just given away my alligator. Like a sucker <laughs> to a good home. The uh, I, I tell you, a lot of like I mentioned, a lot of photographers go there and and you yeah. can see what they've got. And, and you know, the woods have taken over and there's a lot of moss and things like that. It's really a very very uh, picturesque. And so we suggest that if you have any time at all after you found your part that you were looking for, and quite possibly saved yourself a significant amount of cash. You know what? Good job. Go ahead. Take the take the next few minutes off and just stroll around. Check out the place. But there's another very important step when you decide to leave and when you are paying for your part, whether they've brought it to you at like a full service place or whether you have pulled it yourself. Negotiation is a possibility mm-hmm. at junkyards. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people forget this. You know, they yeah. tell you the price and it, that doesn't necessarily have to be the price that, uh, that you walk out of there paying. Right. Now, of course, ultimately it is going to be up to the staff of the yard, but a lot of, you know, there's been an argument before, Scott, that negotiation is becoming a lost skill set in the United States. We don't, you know, what do you negotiate for? A car, a house. Big stuff. Right? I'm not. I'm not much of a negotiator. So you don't have to feel obligated at a junkyard, but you should definitely be aware that often when somebody gives you a price, you can try to haggle a little. There's a little bit of wiggle room in these prices, right? I mean, just, don't be a jerk about it. No, and you know what? If if it's posted that you know all prices are are marked at you know marked as uh final or whatever which you know, does happen that does happen and you know sometimes these places will have some of the more popular stuff will be inside you know ready to go like they may have all the radios pulled from the mm-hmm. uh, from all the vehicles right. and have them inside on a shelf and those will have a price tag on them and if they say that that's the final price that's the final price well what if all all the older hubcaps are forty dollars a piece let's mm-hmm. say they're because you know we've talked about this people yeah. collect hubcaps yeah so what if there there's a series of hubcaps that are forty dollars a piece and you want to get four yeah. then maybe you can work some kind yeah. of deal so instead of and they'll say okay that's 160 you say well if i take all four can i, can I get, get them for 125 yeah or 30 a piece maybe yeah yeah something. something like that that seems fair so you know just uh, use your best judgment on this try and try not to make anybody mad when you're doing it but uh you know again wiggle room 
there's always wiggle room. Yeah, be respectful, be kind. You know, but I've be got aware. a quick what example else? of something like this. Now, you know, eBay is a is a great place, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we mm-hmm. we often look at eBay for you know full vehicles and parts and everything that we need. Now, I was kind of nosing around because you know we've got this project car in my garage. Yes, and it came with some extra parts in the in the trunk. And I this is so weird. I've got a total of six taillights for my car. It oh, only yeah. requires two, right? So I've got four this. four pretty decent taillights in the back. They're not brand new. They're used, used condition, like you might find in a junkyard. But they function. Yeah, they function, and they're not, uh, you know, they're, they're, like, I guess it probably was in the trunk the entire time. They aren't really terribly weathered or anything. Um, so I was wondering what they're worth. So I went to eBay and just kind of checked it out. Dramatic difference in what they're worth versus, uh, like, let's say you go to a junkyard and I were to buy the same thing. I would expect to pay, um, just based on what I'm seeing online on eBay. Sure. About $60 for a set of two. Okay. Uh, that's, that's in used condition. You know, they've got a little pitting in the chrome and, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're kind of dirty around the edges. You just need to clean them up a bit. Uh, but still very usable, very good. Now, there's something called, NOS or new old stock. Some people, some people say new in the box stock or, you know, something like that. So right? that's something that was lost at a warehouse. Exactly. Yeah. This is maybe like a dealership that shut down mm-hmm. that uh, had this in the back, you know, on the shelves and, you know, they, they never sold that inventory or they did sell it and someone bought it and they just put it away somewhere in a barn and, you know, it's still in the box. Yeah. NOS um, can be a big deal, especially if it's a rare part. Yeah. It can, uh, the, the thing is with a lot of the very rare parts, there are small groups of people around who are on the ball with this all the time, yeah. finger on the pulse level. Well, a good example is like somebody might like to uh, like to purchase an ashtray. Oh, you know, because the old yep. cars had a lot of ashtrays. My car, I think that my my project car has got something like oh, I'm, I'm racking my memory, Ben. I think it has either four or five ashtrays in the car. Like they're in every armrest in the in the they're in mm-hmm. the back, they're in the front. There's two on each side. There's one in the middle with two. Um, everybody had their own ashtray. Well, the kids have to be able to smoke too, Scott, at that <laughs> fair, point. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So, you know, there's, there's things like that that people will want, you know, an ashtray that was never used. Um, right. So I can understand that, right? Now, the, uh, taillight example that I mentioned, so around 60 bucks for a pair uh, of them online in used condition like what I have. If you want the same piece in new old stock, and you can get this online, you know, this is, this is like going eBay versus going out to the junkyard and picking up the part. Okay. For one of those taillights, Ben, three hundred and nine dollars. Really? New in the box. One new in the box is three hundred nine bucks. So that uh, that's a well, boy, going from sixty bucks up to uh, six hundred and twenty dollars. Well, if somebody wants for a pair, I get you know if somebody is restoring their car and they want it factory original, I guess uh, you have to say the price is no object. Also, at that point. some pieces, if they're left out in the junkyard, they decay away to nothing. I mean, they're made of metal that's so susceptible to the, yeah. the, the elements, the climate, that, um, you know, these obsolete parts that were sold, um, you know, back, you know, 30 years ago to somebody who just put them away in their garage, those become extremely valuable to people because there just aren't any more of those out there. You mm-hmm. know, they, they just don't exist. So uh, for a lot of people, you know, these NOS parts, even though they're very, very expensive, or, you know, like maybe remanufactured parts that are slightly less expensive, um, you know, th- those are other options to a junkyard as well. But, uh, for the junkyard parts, you know, if they're worth your time, I'd say in most cases, the answer is yes. And especially if you have a, a more recent model of a vehicle, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. That's where you're going to find, uh, just a smorgasbord of used parts. And that's where I bump up into a problem with my project car. Cause, Cause it's your a, project car is a classic. It's a 67. 
And so as soon as I go in, you know, the the uh, old guy behind the counter, he goes over to his computer, and he, the first thing he asks you is what year. Mm-hmm. And I say 1967. He says, sorry, we have nothing for you because we only stock parts from 1986 to current. Right. So that may be something that you'll run into as well. Like you've got to go to, you know, certain places that will have, they'll cater to what you want, what you need. So the big question then is how much is your time worth? Uh, the reason that I, I agree with you, Scott, that it is worth your time in most cases to check out a junkyard is that it's not only going to be a way to save some money, it's also going to be a pretty cool experience, especially if you like many people have never been. I think a lot of times people will associate a junkyard with a junkyard scene in a movie, you know? It's or maybe just a big landscape or wrecked car well, that you see from the highway. It's far from being like a city dump. It's nothing it's, like that. Right, it's, exactly. uh, it's completely different. If this is something that you're kind of interested in, if you like automobiles, if you like kind of tinkering with, with machinery, you like, mm-hmm. you're like you mechanically inclined in some way, if you just enjoy you know the visual aspect of this, if you're a photographer, like we mentioned, um, junkyards are great places to walk around, and, and there's just... Everywhere you turn, there's something new to see or to explore. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's it's completely worth it to me. I, a great experience. I recommend it to anybody. It's, it's definitely memorable. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at the Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day savings event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.
give us a holler, drop a drop us a line on Twitter. Uh, we do read our Twitter comments, and if they make a great enough point, then we definitely love to put them on the air. But hey, what if you're saying, you guys, I have some topic ideas. I wanna I wanna talk some more about junkyards. I wanna know more about you know whatever windshield wipers in the early 19th century. I don't know, man. Uh, you can ask us anything and everything by sending us an email at carstuff at discovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.